Hello, everyone. Another episode of Silver Lining Podcast. And with me, as always, Moshe. How are you, Moshe? Very good. Good afternoon, Ariel. It's good to see you. And today we are starting, uh, starting something new, right? Yeah. So today is going to be the first episode of our journey with the Cloud Security Alliance Working Groups. Um, the Cloud Security Alliance has different working groups, uh, basically over 40, uh, 30, sorry, 30 different working groups, uh, dealing with all types of uh, um, topics that uh, the CSA is doing research on. We could have incident response, self-governance, continuous audits, um, uh, zero trust and software-defined perimeters. Those are all examples for different working groups. And by far the most interesting working group and the first one that we are going to host here is the quantum safe security working group and with us we have ludovic and bruno hi you guys hi guys are you How hello are you? hello so uh, after this big opening that now that everybody knows that the qss is the best working group uh, i suggest uh, bruno uh, we start with you and introduce yourself Yes, so I'm Bruno Hotner. I am one of the co-chairmen of the QSS Working Group, and I was with this working group uh, almost from the beginning, actually. Um, I'm currently working with ID Quantic uh, in Geneva, and I've been working there for uh, almost seven years. I'm a physicist by trade with a PhD in physics, uh, but now I am a little bit in between physics and cryptography. And that's... Uh, uh, also, I think a good introduction for my friend Ludovic, who is much more in the crypto side. Hmm. So Ludovic, uh, introduce yourself, please. Uh, yeah, so Ludovic Perez. So I'm the co-chair of the Cloud Security uh, uh, Group uh, and uh, very happy to, uh, to work with, uh, with Bruno. So I'm associate professor at Sorbonne University. My research area is uh, post-quantum cryptography. So it's a topic uh, uh, of the group. So basically, I devoted uh, all my life to uh, uh, all my professional life to uh, uh, to this topic. So doing uh, research, uh, analysis of security, standardization and deployment. And so recently, I was also interested in uh, uh, dissemination and uh, uh, industrial transfer. And so I'm the co-founder of a uh, uh, a wonderful uh, startup on this area, CryptoNex Security, which is also doing uh, uh, post-quantum security. Okay, so this is really interesting. And um, But I suggest before we dive into the, the working group and the stuff that you do in the working group, Bruno, can you give us a little bit of a review over what is quantum computing in short? Absolutely. So quantum computing is basically uh, trying to process information uh, with uh, at the quantum level. Uh, most computers or all computers rely on bits to do the information processing and quantum computers rely on so-called qubit, quantum bits. The big difference between quantum bits and regular bits is that this quantum bit can be in a coherent superposition of states. So instead of having a bit which can be a zero or a one only, a quantum bit can be something in between and this something is basically all the secret of quantum. With a quantum computer, you can do some computation, not all of them, but some computation much, much faster than with a classical computer. Faster doesn't mean that the computer is faster, but faster means that you got much less steps in order to solve a given problem. And the fact that you can do that actually allows a lot of progress and many new things you can do with a quantum computer, which you cannot do with a classical one. 
And this is why so many people are interested today in the quantum computer. But again, uh, with this nice stuff can also, can, comes also a threat, which my colleague, I think, Ludovic will explain to you in more details. Yeah, so uh, handing to you, Ludovic. So we understand that quantum computing can do a lot of things faster, and this is because of those qubits that... This is like the 15th time I heard this explanation, but I still don't understand it. But I guess, okay, some things are too, uh, too uh, big. You know, me. Moshe, it's <laughs> not a problem. Uh, Richard Feynman, one of the most famous physicists, said nobody understands quantum mechanics. So I think you can be forgiven for not understanding the details of a quantum computer anyway. Yeah, I gave up on trying. But we can use it. Yeah, but I understand there is a threat. Ludovic, can you um, tell us a little bit about the actual threat? Yeah, so I, actually, you, it's, it's kind of difficult. It even looks science fiction for this uh, uh, quantum computer, but it's not completely. And uh, there is something that uh, we can uh, easily uh, understand is the impact of it. So uh, as of today, so our, our security communication will rely on some uh, uh, public key cryptography. And so this public key cryptography uh, uh, is secure because uh, we have some hard mathematical problem uh, that, that we believe cannot be solved by classical com computer uh, easily. And so the point is that uh, quantum computers are very good uh, to, to break the, the mathematical problem that are underlying our current security. And so once you will have a powerful enough quantum computer, then you will be able to break basically all the security protocols which are used uh, today. Okay, so that that's it sounds you know one of those threats that it's too intimidating that we can even comprehend. I mean, as a security professional like working in a bank, should I care? I mean, maybe it's a big way over my head, isn't it? I mean, what can we do now if uh, everything if all of the cryptography can break? Yeah, uh, it, it looks a bit uh, uh, very scary uh, uh, because if we have a quantum computer uh, today then it's completely terrible. So everything will uh, uh, will be broken. And uh, well, if I'm working in the bank, then probably I will have a, a no more job. But uh, the point is that uh, the quantum computer which are available today, so there is quantum computer, it's not science fiction. So some of them are available on the cloud, on cloud. Uh, but they are uh, uh, too small to, to really attack uh, uh, current uh, uh, crypto system. And so we believe that uh, 2030 will be uh, probably the year for which we are going to be uh, at risk. And so it's clear that, uh, well, today it looks that, well, maybe you have uh, you, you don't care about that because uh, as security professional, uh, you have a lot of other issues uh, which are uh, urgent to deal. So why you should care? First, because uh, we will have a new standard. They are they are going to be defined uh, in the next two years. So uh, NIST organized a competition on that topic to uh, to define a new algorithm. And so the results are, are there. So we will have a new standard. So that's a, a first reason. So other point, the other point is that, uh, well, public key cryptography is basically everywhere. So changing this component uh, will take a, a lot of time. Uh, so you need to anticipate and do that uh, today. And the other issue, uh, uh, is that recording traffic uh, is something uh, which is easy. Uh, the same that storing traffic, so you can do this at a, a large scale. And for some confidential for some confidential data, let's say 10, 15 years, uh, that need to be remain secret, 
then it's already an issue because you can uh, capture this data and wait for a few years uh, that a quantum computer is here to uh, to decrypt it. So in some uh, uh, verticals, it's already a pressing issue. Okay. So basically what you're saying is that quantum computers may, may be 10 years away, but the threat still exists today because I can record something now, even if it's encrypted, and in a couple of years, try to start breaking it. And this basically takes down the uh, many of the security uh, assumptions that we do. So... Um, in order to cope uh, with, uh, we understand the quantum computer now, we understand the threat. In order to cope with this, you, uh, CSA has uh, basically built the working group. Because this is the first episode that we do with the working group, I will explain what is a Cloud Security Alliance working group is. Basically, um, a working group is a think tank or a group of professionals that are trying to, um, to uh, create research around a specific topic. As I said, there are over 30 different um, working groups with the CSA, and each working group gets a charter. The charter basically explains what the working group should be doing. Each working group has a, a, a chair, uh, and preferably uh, two people that are doing the uh, actual chair, just like in the QSS working group. And the Cloud Security Alliance also assigned an analyst that can help in uh, managing and uh, creating the actual uh, um, the actual artifact for the different working groups. And those working groups are gathered uh, usually once every month or every two weeks, and they're trying to create their next task. Bruno, can you tell us about the history of the QSS, when it was established, and what is the charter of the group? Yes, of course, the QSS was established almost a decade ago. And really, at the beginning, the idea was to raise awareness. Uh, Ten years ago, or even less, uh, nobody believed that a quantum computer could uh, could be built. And our first task was to raise the issue, basically, telling people, yes, there may be a quantum computer, and if there is a quantum computer at some stage, it will become dangerous. So that's really, raising awareness was really our first job. Today, it's much easier because everybody has heard about a quantum computer. As Ludovic has told you, there even... You can have quantum, you can use a quantum computer today online. They are just a bit too small to be used for cryptographic applications. So people are aware of the threat. And now what we need to do is more educate people. So we are publishing papers and our job is really uh, to discuss whatever solutions are available and try to put them in a way which people can understand maybe a, a bit easier than when you go to the original papers. So really, we went from awareness to education and now also to explain the solutions, really. What is available to counter the threat? What can be done? And lastly, of course, there is this cloud security issues. I mean, we try and link what we are doing to the cloud. Quantum computer will threaten every kind of cryptography. But since the cloud is now also everywhere, basically, it will also be threatened by this kind of, uh, by the quantum computer, obviously. But our research is really to try and tell people in uh, cloud security, what is the impact of the quantum computer today? Okay, so the charter of the working group it began by creating awareness, but now it's more of making the current solutions more accessible. You don't develop uh, solutions, but you make sure that uh, people who have their, uh, people who want to learn about quantum computing and the effect of cloud 
uh, in fact, of quantum computing on cloud will have more accessible and uh, documentation. Yeah, to, to develop a new solution is uh, very time consuming. I mean, there are hundreds of cryptographers working on that, uh, hundreds of physicists you will hear in a moment working on that as well. So we cannot just claim to, to do something original here. What we do is try and understand and working together to present solutions. One thing maybe which is of interest is that uh, it's one of the few groups where you have people coming from the quantum side on the mathematical side, and we will come back to that. So we can discuss together, although there was some antagonism between these two uh, fields, I would say, at the beginning, and we are trying to bridge the two together so that we can really show the best solution, which we believe will be a mixture of everything uh, to, to get the best solution. Okay. Well, ju just asking me, uh, Bruno, so you did the uh, marketing awareness and uh, after that peace within the, the, the <laughs> I think peace is also very interesting. I would rather put it as collaboration. You know, th there was a lot of antagonism initially with people not talking to one another. And what we demonstrated, uh, Ludovic and myself and with all the group, that we can actually talk together and trying to find solutions which present a mixture of both uh, mathematics and quantum. But I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because we will explain that in a moment. Yeah, so, so let's dive in. So we have uh, basically two types of solutions for uh, the, the quantum challenge. Uh, the first one is mathematical uh, solution. Ludovic, can you talk about uh, that for a couple of minutes? You're muted. Ludovic? Okay, so mathematical solution. So uh, this is a, a first uh, type of solution to, uh, to defeat the quantum computer. And so first, uh, let me recall that, uh, in fact, these solutions are very much similar to the solution which are used today and which dates back uh, from uh, Rives, Shamir, Adelman, and, and Diffie. Uh, we invented uh, public key cryptography. So the idea is to have uh, two types of key, one public, uh, one secret, and with that you can do encryption or you can do uh, authentication. And, and so uh, what was the idea of uh, this uh, researcher is to say, okay, we, we can construct this type of, uh, uh, of public key crypto system from a mathematical art program. So one, uh, that is well known is factorization. So uh, multiplying two uh, uh, prime numbers is, is easy, but uh, uh, finding a decomposition is, is very difficult, finding a factorization. And so one thing on which the quantum computer is very good is uh, indeed to, uh, to find uh, a factorization you can do in polynomial time. And so the idea of mathematical solution is to say, okay, well, uh, we try to keep kind of the same framework that we have uh, today, uh, for doing uh, public key cryptography, but we are going to look at a different mathematical art problem, uh, which are going to be uh, uh, secure against a quantum computer. And uh, that, okay, so mathematical solution. So uh, this is a, a first uh, type of solution to, uh, to defeat the quantum computer. And so first, uh, let me recall that, uh, in fact, these solutions are very much similar to the solution which are used today and which dates back uh, from uh, Rives, Shamir, Adelman, and, and Diffie, uh, who invented uh, public key cryptography. So the idea is to have uh, two types of key, one public, uh, one secret, and with that you can do encryption or you can 
do uh, authentication. And, and so uh, what was the idea of uh, this uh, researcher is to say, okay, we, we can construct this type of, uh, uh, of public key crypto system from a mathematical art problem. So one uh, that is well known is factorization. So uh, multiplying two uh, uh, prime numbers is, is easy, but uh, uh, finding a decomposition is, is very difficult, finding a factorization. And so one thing on which the quantum computer is very good is uh, indeed to, uh, to find uh, a factorization you can do in polynomial time. And so the idea of mathematical solution is to say, okay, well, uh, we try to keep kind of the same framework that we have uh, today uh, for doing uh, public key cryptography, but we are going to look at a different mathematical art problem, uh, which are going to be uh, uh, secure against a quantum computer. And uh, that's where uh, NIST uh, started to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, to be in place. And because they say, okay, uh, which type of problems uh, we should use? And so uh, uh, this standardization organization, so uh, they organize a kind of uh, competition uh, to define what is the best uh, uh, mathematical problem and the best uh, crypto system which can be uh, constructed uh, uh, from that. And so the process uh, started about uh, five years ago. And actually, we just got uh, uh, last week the uh, final announcement of, of this process. And so NIST defined one uh, public key algorithm for doing uh, encryption and three uh, uh, algorithms for uh, public key signature. And so these uh, uh, schemes rely on two new art problems. So one is uh, uh, finding uh, the pre-image of uh, hash function. So uh, something that uh, uh, has a long history. And so the other one is related to uh, uh, what we call the lattice problem. And so the, 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 the issue, the computational art problem is to find a short vector to be defined. But uh, for reality, uh, going to be are going to be very similar. Are going to be different. Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah, we're listening. We just had a couple of problems with the line, but we're okay. So basically, we have a winner for the first uh, quantum resistant cryptography algorithm. Um, during the, the, this contest, I heard a couple of times about a suggestion that people made and people were able to break it, I don't know, over the weekend or something like that. How resilient do you think this uh, algorithm that was chosen by NIST? Well, I, I think it's always a difficult task to, uh, to find uh, alternative to, uh, to public crypto systems. So indeed, uh, some schemes uh, were broken at the very beginning of the competition. Uh, but uh, all in all, uh, it was kind of always a challenge to uh, to break uh, some uh, uh, some scheme. Uh, I have to say that in round three, uh, well, almost uh, close to the final rounds, we have some uh, surprise, some uh, uh, schemes, uh, uh, in particular signature schemes, uh, were were broken. And but uh, that's I, I would say part of the process. So we rely on on some uh, assumption. And we have to uh, to kind of uh, test if the assumptions are, are correct. And so it's the very same with uh, what uh, we are using today. So we we say okay, we define two uh, two problems, uh, factorization and, and discrete logarithm, and let's go for that. And during the years, uh, so we we adapt uh, the parameters. 
So I would say we can be reasonably uh, confident on uh, the R problems that are, has been defined, but uh, we can probably expect uh, in the future to kind of tweak a little bit the scheme uh, to uh, to adapt. Okay. So uh, those are the mathematical side of things. Bruno, can you share a little bit insights on the quantum solutions themselves? Yes. What is interesting is that the same properties which... Uh, brings the strength of the quantum computers, this kind of uh, coherent superposition of uh, states, uh, give you also something very peculiar, which gives you some security as well for uh, against uh, the quantum computer. So basically, the quantum computer on one side is a threat, but quantum properties can be used to counter these threats. And uh, there are two uh, aspects of this quantum solution. The first one is what we call the quantum random number generator. For any kind of cryptography, you need randomness. Uh, it can be for normal cryptography, for post-quantum, whatever. You always need randomness to start a cryptographic process. I mean, it's easy to understand that if, every, if you start with something deterministic, somebody can also know what we will be doing and therefore can attack you. So it's really important to have good randomness to start any kind of crypto process. And the, the best source of randomness, which comes from the very fundamental of physics, is quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics is intrinsically uh, non-deterministic, which means that when you measure a quantum state, for example, a state which is in a superposition, you cannot know in advance which kind of result of, of, me of the measurement you will get. And you can use this in order to generate very, very good uh, randomness. For example, at ID Quantique, we have made a random number generator based on quantum, the size of a very small chip, about one millimeter times one millimeter, which we can even put in mobile phones. And this is a really great source of randomness. And this can be used everywhere. We're also working on putting it in space, for example, and so on. That's one aspect to improve the randomness generation uh, for all kinds of cryptographic process using quantum. The other thing we do is to use also quantum mechanics to distribute the keys. And this is very interesting because it comes with a proof of security. What we mean by that is that at the core, the quantum key distribution, the way you distribute the keys with quantum mechanics, is known to be secure. There may be some implementation issues, there are implementation issues, but at least you are certain that the core problem is absolutely safe. And you can use this QKD, quantum key distribution, for example, today already to provide point-to-point -point security. Uh, if, if you are a bank and you want to protect a link between the headquarters and the recovery center, uh, some kind of a data center away from your bank, you can already use QKD today. In the future, we hope to build quantum networks which will provide the same kind of security, but over much larger scales. And ultimately, once the technology has evolved enough, we hope to build a quantum internet, which will work hand in hand with the standard internet to provide the best security. And this is going on already uh, in different parts of the world, at least the kind of quantum networks today. For example, China has a very large quantum network. Korea is building one. And uh, in Europe, we have the, uh, quantum, crypto the quantum cryptographic infrastructure uh, where many countries in Europe will want to build together 
an infrastructure which will be secured by quantum. So you see that quantum cryptography or quantum key distribution is slowly moving from uh, a local thing to something much more global, which will complement, we hope, uh, the mathematical solutions which we still need today anyway. Okay. So in the last couple of minutes that we have, let's go really quick on the different publication that the working group has produced. I think the first one will be the, uh, the countdown for the uh, Y2K, the year to quantum. Bruno, can you tell us a little bit about this publication? Yes, a few months ago, uh, the director of uh, CSA came to, to us and said, maybe we should do something about this uh, quantum threat. And we decided to do this uh, uh, Y2Q uh, countdown. So, of course, we selected a, kind of a specific date, which doesn't mean much because we don't know exactly when there will be a quantum computer. And then if you go to the CSA website, you see a countdown to this. And this helps people to... Uh, basically see that the quantum threat is coming uh, more and more faster and faster. And we hope that by seeing this count this countdown, people will realize that the threat is coming and that they will do something about it, which is really what we want, to raise awareness and then to help people find solutions. Okay, we so also... Mm -hmm. yeah. Go, go, go ahead. The next publication is the executive briefing. Yes, so we, we also write uh, several papers. And uh, one of them was a kind of five, five uh, uh, I mean, a, a short briefing on what can you do against the quantum threat. And this, this was very, very easy. Uh, a few steps based on another publication for practical preparation. And it's really telling the CISOs and people at the management level uh, what they need to know about quantum in order to ask their own people to take the right steps to provide security. Okay. And the last publication was uh, Quantum Computing pra Practical Preparation. And Ludwig, can you share a uh, couple of words about this publication? Yeah, so it's an extended version of uh, the documents that Bruno described. And so the idea is to give a concrete advice and a methodology to, uh, to do the transition to, to quantum safe. So typically, uh, we believe that uh, the first step is uh, education and awareness of our teams and uh, also the executive. Also, you, you need uh, quickly to, uh, to do some uh, post-quantum project to, to test at small scale. And so after, the uh, question is to know your data. So take, take a data protection inventory, uh, do an analysis. And the last step is to uh, implement uh, well, the, the, the mitigation which are required, post-quantum or, or quantum. Okay. And uh, any um, two questions, basically, for you, Ludwig. First one is the interaction with other working groups for the CSA. I mean, uh, quantum is a big topic, probably interesting other working groups. Second question would be, uh, what are the future um plans for the working group? What are you going to release next? And well, so the question is almost, uh, yeah, so it's uh, indeed a very good question. So possibly there is a lot of interaction, but currently we are working a lot uh, with people in, in the blockchain uh, uh, group uh, because we believe it's also an area where a vertical, where, where quantum is, is very important. And so we are currently working with them and so the next publication is going to be on, on this topic uh, uh, related to uh, blockchain and uh, also a practical preparation 
for blockchain uh, to be quantum safe. In addition to that, I think it's interesting we're discussing with the people who are working on the 10 top threats uh, on the cloud security. And today, quantum is not seen as a top threat, probably because uh, it's still quite a little bit away. I mean, it's not today. Uh, what we would like to do is to convince the people working on this top threat to consider quantum. And I would think that within one, within a few years maximum, quantum will become one of the top threats on the cloud security, simply because the quantum computers will go stronger and stronger and uh, the threat on uh, every kind of data transferred through the cloud will get stronger as well. Okay, so um, let me summarize everything we just heard and uh, see if you have any last words for us, uh, Ludovic and Bruno. So uh, um, quantum computing can bring great opportunities, computers that can do an amazing amount of computation per second, but it also brings down threat. And the most, uh, in, uh, I think, basic threat is the fact that it can break any cryptography we know. So this is why we, uh, the Cloud Security Alliance established the, uh, the QSS Working Group, the Quantum sec uh, sec Safe Security Working Group. And the idea is that we create awareness first and we describe the different solutions in the market in a way that our audience can relate to. Um, different solutions could be the mathematical um, solutions like creating new algorithm like the competition NIST uh, uh, just uh, concluded last week, or it could be quantum solution for creating new cryptographic uh, means like uh, random number generators and new ways to do uh, key distribution. Uh, so this is basically the things that we need to better understand and develop as we move on to quantum computing, which you expect to be in 10 years. Out of the different uh, publications that came from the working group, we have the Canton for the uh, year to quantum uh, on the CSA website. We have basically an executive uh, briefing that is uh, highlighting for the executive what they can uh, release. Uh, sorry, what they can do now for uh, in, in order to be more prepared in the future. And we have the practical preparation, which is basically an extension of the previously mentioned uh, document. Um, and on top of that, the, uh, the QSS working group is also providing infrastructure, for instance, for other working groups like the uh, blockchain and other working groups that are interested in, in incorporating with the quantum safe uh, security working group. Anything I missed, uh, Ludovic and Bruno? I think you made a very nice summary of uh, all we discussed on what all we are doing in the, in the QSS. Perfect. So uh, we would like to thank you for your contribution to the community. Keep on the good work. And we will, uh, we will return to you in the future for uh, uh, reviewing more on what you did and on the publication. And in the episode page, the, our listeners can see uh, the link to the working group and its different publication. And of course, everybody can uh, join this working group. So uh, simply click the join button on the working group um, uh, website on the csa.org uh, CSA, uh, website. Bruno, Ludovic, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Have a great day, everyone.